life was like a box of chocolates. There is no place like... You talking to me? All right, Mr. DeMille, I'm ready for my close-up. Nobody puts baby in a I could have been a contender. He's looking at you, kid. Here's Johnny. A very particular set of skills. Your milkshake. Go ahead. Make my day. I'll be back. I am the father. I'm Spartacus. Shell off to my little friend. Why so serious? You shall not Welcome back to the Real Features Podcast. We are so pleased to introduce our next guest. He's one of Australia's most accomplished actors with close to 100 acting credits to his name over a 50-year span. Quentin Tarantino labelled him the greatest Australian actor going around. Take that, Hugh Jackman and Rusty Crow. He was a presenter on Better Homes and Gardens. He appeared in over 100 episodes of the hit drama series McLeod's Daughters and starred in hit movies that include Summer City, opposite Mel Gibson, Picnic at Hanging Rock and Rogue, but he's probably best known for his iconic role as a menacing outback serial killer Mick Taylor in Wolf Creek, hot off the release of his latest film, The Possessed, which is now available on video on demand to purchase, which we'll get to a bit later. We introduce none other than John Jarrett. John, how are you? I'm not too bad for an old bloke. <laughs> thanks so much for joining us it's a, it's an honor to be chatting with you same thank you no yeah. dramas at all and uh we we had the um the pleasure actually of speaking to the the director of the possessed uh this morning chris sun and he likes um, chat doesn't he he loves a chat great talker yeah. a lot of energy <laughs> he's a great man yeah <laughs> out there yeah for sure and um we, yeah, we both, we watched the film recently and um, yeah, we just wanted to pick your brain on like how, how, what was your kind of process in getting into that character of, of uh, someone who I guess is performing those types of things to release demons on exorcisms, people. Yeah. Yeah. Exorcisms. Yeah, well, um, I've never been offered anything like that role um, and um, it's way out of my safety zone. And um, yeah, I, I thought it would be um an incredible challenge to pull that off and um so yeah i was pretty excited about um doing it yeah and, and it's um apparently it's inspired well we know this it's inspired by true events um which is pretty creepy at the end of the film you actually see some kind of footage of um the guy that your character is based on um mm. how, how do you feel about that do you do you believe in uh Mate, I, I'm an agnostic. I, yeah. I, I believe um, I, I, I believe that there's two things going to happen when you die. If when you die nothing happens, well, you don't know. If you die and something happens, wow. Yeah. I, I've had I've had a few things happen to me that I feel like um, my my mum and dad are not with us anymore uh, and haven't been for quite a number of years. But I, I sometimes feel the closeness of them. So I don't know. Yeah, I'm an agnostic. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I think um, without getting too esoteric, but I, I think uh, life is extraordinary. You know, but people say, "How can the universe come out of nothing?" Well, a human being comes out of two tiny little things joining mm. together, and this, this monster comes out out of these microscopic yeah. two things that join together. So you know, so from nothing comes something, and yeah. I don't know. I'm I don't even know how this picture gets into the computer, let mind, never mind who it is. So 
so I, I, I th thought, well, okay, maybe, maybe that does happen. I don't know. I'm agnostic. Yeah. Yep. You're yeah. not ruling anything out. I like that. Had mm. you met with uh, the, the person it was based on? I forget the, the person's name, but. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I, um, I, I didn't base the character on him. Yeah. Um, just, just some of the things he did, like with his hand and uh, yeah. that, that stuff and uh, his process. But um, I, I just decided to make my character complete individual and, um, and and just used used his techniques, if you like, and uh, and his um, and the feelings of what comes to him and things like that. Mm. Uh, I decided to make the character a fictitious character, and um, and and then I had to find uh, three entities that. Uh, that get into him, which was kind of fun. I had a I had an imp from you know the Old Testament uh, yep. in, in Persia, who um, came and spoke in tongues and did crazy stuff and tried to put the evil person off, and he wasn't afraid of the um, the uh, evil spirits, the demons and stuff. And then uh, and then I had another one, the guy who spoke Latin. I thought, well. I'll make him an early Catholic Roman. So I made him Italian and I did Italian things. And um, so, you know, where the Roman Catholic Church started, so I, I made that he, he was a priest from that time. And then there was another priest who was kind of modern times. And so I, I decided that it was a, I don't know why, I just, it's a bishop from uh, the Bendigo Cathedral in the 1800s. Huh. Late 1800s. Wow. So yeah, I, I just gave myself myself specific things that actually did happen, and try to figure figure those characters out. Yeah, become possessed with them, and, and the, like the, the the bishop, he spoke very well. You know, spoke like that all the time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Get out, you damn thing! You know. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and and the and the other guy was speaking in Latin, and and I did the, you know, a little bit of the Italian with it. Yeah. So, yeah, and then uh, um, my character is a pretty straightforward bloke who um, is um, uh, believes in uh, uh, Christianity and um, and is driven by it, but he's not a pain in the ass, um, shoving it down your throat or anything. Yeah, yeah. And that country guy. So I always give people a backstory, and then um, then I see how much of John Jarrett I can put in there. Not because I'm afraid to become something else but it's just that it's more honest performance to um, put as much as you can of yourself in there so yeah my country upbringings sort of helped yeah know. and is That's that not... a pretty uh, sorry i was just going to say is that a consistent process with all the characters yeah. you've played across your career that you generally yeah. do create a backstory quite a, a I, go from, I go from when they were born to uh, and it's getting harder because mick taylor's <laughs> i i, I I think he's in my in his sixties. I'm I'm seventy. Yeah. Uh, so I figure he's in his sixties and he's tough as nails. But um, yeah. So seventy years of Mick Taylor now. But um, so the backstory I go from when the where they were born, who their mum and dad was, did they have siblings, blah blah blah. What happened to them? Did they get raped? Did they get punched mm. up? Did they kill somebody? Whatever. Yeah, and I'll just give them a complete story until um, what I call page zero, which is the page before page one, so that when I step wow. on the script, 
when I stepped in into the first um, page of the script, um, I know exactly where I'm at. I love and that. That yeah, amazing to get that insight. Um, I mean, it almost sounds like it's not far off, um, almost method acting to a to a degree where you're really getting into. I'm, I'm not a, not a method actor. I'm a I'm a professional actor. once you got once you got all that backstory yeah you just act yeah Yeah. Yeah. all this wank of sitting down and drinking scotch and getting half pissed if method actor i'll have to wipe out half a dozen bloody backpackers every well that's it you'd be murdering (laughs) you know i know i don't do that it's just just a process to to when i do the acting but yeah. I have to, like, I have to stay there. I mean, when I'm about to try and um, get demons out of somebody and do all that stuff, um, I I can't just go yeah. and have a coffee and talk about you know Mavados <laughs> on the weekend. Yeah, You've got to stay in that zone. And Mick, with Mick Taylor, I had to kind of stay in that zone too. You know, mm-hmm. you can't just go and have a coffee and say, okay, we're ready for you to come and get the, cut that girl's yeah. ass off, you know? Yeah. Don't worry. Yeah. I kind of stay there, but I I, I don't think, um, I, I'm, I'm not a method actor. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. But I, I love that insight. That it's, because um, all actors, I mean, I'm sure you come across method actors. Yeah, I'm sure I had to put up with them, yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> love it. Um, uh, it's, yeah, sorry, Paul. Yeah, you had to channel some pretty, uh, I mean, some pretty full-on scenes in, in in the possess where you know obviously you're channeling you know spirits and 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 everything you know through that. Um, you know how how challenging was that? And um, yeah, how was that trying to get that out, invoke that out of you? It sounds like it was because um, even Chris got spoke spoke about a, a pretty full-on scene I think on ball where um, I, I, you've also worked on some pretty emotional or you know scene emotive scenes and that as well so um but but doing exorcisms i imagine is very different as well uh, a different way you haven't done much just got to go in boots and all you know and yeah. i mean it's pretty surreal and crazy i mean if you if you didn't if you just happen to walk into the studio and come into the on the set and see all that happening you think that's a bit a bit off the air you know but um you just got to go for it, you know. And I, I worked out what I wanted to do and how I was going to do it, yeah. and um, and falling into the characters and feeling, actually feeling the imp come into me. And you, mm. know, you just just do your best to encompass it and um, and stay very very concentrated on the thing. We well just before we we had a take, we we all just really got in the zone and. and um, my right hand man was Lincoln Lincoln Lewis. Yeah. And he he was he was so there with me. And um, you know, and and the, and the rest of the actors, but mainly Lewis and because that was a partnership. Yeah. And he he made it easier because you know we pumped each other. But mm. it was it's something like I've never done before. And just um it was very, very challenging. Yeah. Yeah. So, John, you've, um, I mean, obviously, especially since Wolf Creek, you seem to have, you're a pretty big player in the, uh, the horror section of things. Mm. Is, that, uh, is that a type of movie that you generally watch as a, I, as a viewer? I, 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 I hate zombies and, and all of that. And I, and I don't like actors who wear rubber masks. Um, yeah. 
So my idea of a good horror film is Cape Fear with De Niro oh, and, oh, and yeah. Hannibal Lecter, yeah. you know, Anthony Hopkins, and where, where the buggers act, you know, and yeah. they don't, they, they, and, and, and uh, I like a, uh, I mean, Hannibal Lecter is a, a bit out there, but yeah, I, I, Psycho, I, mm-hmm. I think I like, I like um, horror films that I think, okay, that could happen. And yeah. Um, and then I can see the characters. I, I like good acting, you know, in in everything. Um, and uh, when you put a rubber mask on or a bloody leather leather thing, I mean, it's sort of cool to watch, but it, it doesn't get me like bloody good actors like yeah, and um, De Niro doing it. The Cape Fear that that stands up today. I watched that not long ago, and it's just it's an amazing film. When they, when he bit her face. Oh. oh yeah. No. They're, they're the ones I like. Yeah. Even yeah. the original Cape Fear is pretty good as well with uh, yeah. Robert Mitchum. And, yeah, Robert that's great. Yeah, yeah. He's good. I like Robert Mitchum. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. Robert Mitchum. And, um, oh, what's his name? Oh. Oh, um, yes. Um, Cat Baloo. What's his name? <laughs> that's going to annoy me. Lee Marvin. Lee Marvin. <laughs> yes, that's Two favourite um, heavy guys. Really oh, yeah. Mm. And uh, did we hear rumour that there's another Wolf Creek uh, in the works? Well, we're working on Wolf Creek 3 uh, uh, next year, but yep. uh, I, I just made a film called What About Sal, which is about a Down syndrome guy, and we literally uh, just finished that and it'll be released probably um, early next year. Amazing. Cinemas, and uh, I'm very proud of it. It's a really good film. Uh, I wrote it, directed it, produced it, blah, blah, blah. Oh, wow, wow. And, um, and a guy called um, Jared O'Dwyer, who uh, is a really good actor, full stop, um, and he's got Down syndrome, and he carries this film, and he's extraordinary, and I think you're all in for a treat. He's a guy, he won Best Actor at Tropfest in 2009 for Bus Stop. Huh. And in lots of, lots of stuff, and he does live theatre as well. Yeah. Amazing man, and um, so we've I've done that, and right here, right now, I'm I'm um, doing the Jeff Fennick um, film. I'm going to do a film, a biopic about Jeff Fennick called oh, wow. Hands, and uh, it's going to be a big film. And so I got to get out that out the road. Yeah, hopefully um, we'll be making that early New Year in the New Year. Um, we've written the script, uh, and then we'll do Wolf Creek three. Hopefully, wow. wow. You're, you're a busy man. Out of the road. Um, I'm, I'm not available until I can sort that out. You know? so, yeah. yeah. So I've got to stay fit and keep the old man out, you know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I love the Wolf Creek series as well that you, you did as well. I was surprised yeah. that they went for two seasons. I, I thought that was fantastic. Gonna, they're, they're, yeah. Well, they're thinking of doing a third season of that. Oh, I hope so. I'd love it. Yeah. yeah. After the bloody movie. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be 72 by then. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. So you'll be uh, a question for you as well that um, we asked, we had John Wood on recently as well and asked him this question. And um, it was around, uh, I guess, the effect of streaming on, on the industry, how you feel that, um, how, do you think that's created more opportunities for the Australian, in, you know, um, movie and TV industry with the, the rise of those? Or do you think it's... Uh, oh, I think yeah. it's fantastic. I, I The episodics... I mean, I love them. I got to, got us all through bloody COVID, yeah. Um, and and uh, this six to eight episodes is really fantastic. 
oh, a lot of them are boring as batshit, but you know, but there's there's some there's some gems coming out, and um, and that's what I'm doing with the Wolf Creek series, and I think it really works. Yeah. Um, the only other the other thing that we've all got to be careful of is making sure that we if if we make a movie that we give it its legs and um, and get all the box office you can possibly get before you put it on streaming. I don't, yep. don't can't understand why people, you know, yeah, go straight to streaming because um, mm. you can't get any bloody money out of it. Box office, yeah, that's right. You get the money, but once you, yeah, you know, once they pay you for your series, that's it. That's yep. right. So, yeah. So that's a bit of a bummer. There's no royalties. I'd like them to look into that. Um, um, yeah. I think they're getting away with something there. Really, yeah, absolutely. that makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. If, you know, uh, if you're on something that, right, uh, you know, that um, streams it, its head off, do you think you should be, in, you should be able to get a few bob out of it, you know? But you yeah, can't. that's it. So that that part I don't like. I I think someone's got to work out how to give give you royalties if you put a smash hit on one of those. Yeah. yeah, well, it's such a new model, and I guess it's yeah, it's following the the music side of things like Spotify and and all yeah. of that, and they get paid. Albeit not not that great, but they do get paid per play for those streaming services. Yeah, well, see, back in the day, you'd you'd um, sell, you know, a few million um, DVDs. Yeah, and you got a piece of that action. Mm. There was yeah. a lot of money in it. That's all gone. Yeah. So, yeah, there's, it's not as lucrative as it used to be to be in this business. No, and, and I think I can't remember it who the be more was. lucrative because there's much more a lot more outlets yeah the other thing is that um okay you might not be getting the royalties off these all these shows and you, but there's a lot of work for um actors there's a it, it, there's a, a lot going on and yeah you know, it's good for the younger actors coming through yeah absolutely mm. well john i reckon it's a good time what do you think paul cookson to get to our listener question or what are you thinking so, uh, I was just going to, I know Chris wanted us to ask you. Oh, go on. Please, you can take uh, this He was one. insistent. That he's definitely wanted us to ask you. Apparently, he's got an idea in mind for your next movie. I think he wants to dress you in drag. I don't know if he's told you this, but <laughs> apparently, yeah. you, yes, if you were open to that. And even uh, I think he's got some new series, I think, which was um, a Pickers type one. And I think he was going to take you around and uh, find an outfit for you. <laughs> he essentially goes to op shops and picks out bargains and tries to resell them and it's like a, almost a reality insight into his life and um yeah, yeah he was going to get you on there and, and try and dress you up on in a few things so anyway <laughs> oh, no i've always i've always wanted to do that i just think um i just think it would, it would blow people's heads off with mick taylor <laughs> burned up a little frock yeah that's yeah. it exactly yeah, that, that would be, be amazing I'd, I'd, just love, I'd love to do the gay thing i really would yeah, yeah. so yeah. you've worked you've worked with chris a few times now so i mean this is the second movie with him was there any you know how is he as a director how do you you enjoy obviously you've got some good chemistry if you're you know oh, got he's a, got a great energy and he yeah. and, um, he he has the ability the the, the greatest ability of, of a director for me is um uh to, he gets into the scene you know, when he directs it he gets in there you yeah. feel like he's right part of it you know and um and he's got a good intensity and he drives but he's also um his attitude's always great you know he's, he's not a an authoritarian or anything um and he's he's good to work with and he's got a great energy and he knows what he wants 
and um, yeah, he feeds feeds pretty well, and 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 it's a really good, uh, I like that in a director. What I mean by that is um, like it, my idea of the difference between a cinematographer and a cameraman. The cinematographer also the camera gets in there, yeah. you know, and the 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 and the um, and the camera operator is um, observes. Yep. Whenever you're observing, your directors or observers or or cameramen that observers don't do it, do it for me. It's sort of a sterility to it. You got to get in yep. with your films and yep. uh, any acting process. So yeah, he 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 ticks the boxes for me. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah, right. And it was a pretty physical role as well, I think. I mean, you say you're mentioning your age, but I mean, you were up in the ceiling. You were doing all kinds of things. During yeah. During this. Um, yeah. Was, was it a fair preparation-wise? Did you have to do a bit of, uh, you know, a bit of, you know, workout and kind of get? I stay. Uh, I stay fit anyway. But I stay fit all the time. I'm, I'm very fit, and um, yeah. Uh, and I look after myself and I don't eat shit and I don't do drugs or booze or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, I try to keep the old man out, you know. Yeah. Eastwood says, don't let an old man in. Yeah. <laughs> so I just, I, I refuse to get old. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> just it's a good attitude and I it's working. Why would you want, <laughs> why would you want to get old? Why would you, <laughs> That's nah. it. Fuck no that. good. I'm not yeah. Good. No. I had one more question yeah. before I get and then I'll right. Yeah. Got to be on there too, John. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> probably... How old are you? What am I, 36? Yeah. I don't know. How would I know? Oh, I, don't, I don't even know. It's 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 not going well. No, I'm 36. <laughs> you, you look brighter than you're, than you're coming on as. Yeah? Yeah. Good. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm going for. Okay, so... You, you think you're 36. Yeah, yeah well, I, I've, I've got a daughter, 45. Yeah. So I'm fucking old. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's <laughs> not much you can do about it, John, unfortunately. Yeah. No, there isn't. No. No. Um, on on oh, we march. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> no, I don't care if I die. I'm worried about dying. I just don't want to dribble in a nursing home for three, two or three years, you know? No. Yeah. No, nah, fuck that. It's not a way. Yeah, it's not. No, no you want to keep working, keep doing your I, thing. I walked out there and I went, clunk, fine. Yeah. yeah. If I'm 100, I hope the hell I'm walking around very straight. Yeah. That boom. It's a quality yeah. of life. It's not the It's not the length. So I'm backing up back, backpackers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, one more question before we get to, be, uh, to the uh, listener question. I, and um, I was just, I, obviously, it's well known that with Tarantino, you are. Uh, appeared in Django Unchained and and the you know obviously he as we said on the Sam said on the intro obviously said uh you know that his he, his knowledge of Australian cinema is amazing I remember seeing um a documentary on Osploitation and he was yeah. literally talking about every film of these 70s and 80s Osploitation is just amazing his knowledge of world cinema but um how was that like you know him re, you know how how did that happen? You know, he been re- reaching out to you, your first meeting with we, him, and then and then coming. We got, off the, got off the plane for Kill Bill, and said, "I want to meet John Jarrett." Is my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and um, so they rang me, and I couldn't get to the premiere because I was in. Um, I lived in the Willembar at the time, and uh, and then they rang me back and said he he'd like to have a drink with you down at um, Circular Key the hmm. following night. And, I said, I'll just look at the diary. Oh, yeah, I'm free. Um, 
<laughs> so I went and I met him and um, we got on really well. And uh, yeah, he, um, he, and this was before Wolf Creek. Yeah. So ah, right. He liked, he liked what yeah. I did over the years. And one of his favorite films, a very, not very well known film called Dark Age. That's right. He's yeah. got a print of it. And uh, he, he liked another horror film I did called <clears throat> Next of Kin back in about 1981, two, somewhere there. So he he knows the history and yeah he does he knows every Australian film on earth. I I, I said to him when we we're on Django we were waiting between scenes, and I said, uh, "You ever seen Wake in Fright?" Oh, <laughs> yeah, directed by Ted Koch after this, um, um, Jack Jack Thompson's first film, and, and they <laughs> they bought out a new print and they've been re-released and they, oh, they, wow. they, oh my said, god. And I said to him, I just asked you if you've seen the fucking thing. Yeah. <laughs> That's an encyclopedia. He's off tap. He is just- and then we're sitting there. I'm sitting there with my wife uh, in between scenes again. Yeah. Side of a hill in the hills above Hollywood where they made John Wayne Westerns and stuff. And I'm sitting there and we're all bored waiting for the next setup. And he came over to me and he says, John, do you know the ballad of John O'Casey? <laughs> Oh, wow. No. This is an R.C. ballad, the ballad of John O'Casey. I said, never fucking heard of it. Yeah. And then he goes, and Jamie Foxx and all these people were all sitting on the thing, and he goes, there was old John O'Casey. <laughs> oh, my God. And he sang this whole fucking Irish folk song through a couple of verses and three choruses, and, <laughs> and, it, and it came to the end, and he said, and that's the ballad of John O'Casey. <laughs> and my wife said, that man is beautifully mad. Yeah. I think that that's who he is. He's yeah. beautifully mad. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What that an way. incredible story and insight. That's amazing. Um, and that leads perfectly into our listener question, John. Mm. So we got this sent in from David. So David wrote, hi, guys. We hear you are interviewing John Jarrett. Please ask him what his favorite Quentin Tarantino film is. Oh, Pulp Fiction. Yep. <laughs> Quick answer. Yep. Yeah. Brilliant film. It's a winner. Yeah. yeah. What What would be number second? Have you got a a, a close or or is yeah a second other than Django Unchained? Thanks to uh, a certain guest uh, appearance. <laughs> Inglorious Bastards. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. That first scene in that film is just incredible mm. yes that well and 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 the the wonderful thing that he does um i just love that he just that he kills hitler yeah and he kill and, and uh with the uh what's what's the name of the guy oh the um not quite Hollywood. by Eri, um Eli roth eli roth the bad guy in 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 uh not uh, in the Hollywood film, um, that was, oh Brad Pitt, no the uh, the, the, the main the main bad guy you mean serial killer that was chasing the the woman next to what's his, his name with the long hair Charles Manson Charles Manson thank you yeah 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 uh, and, yes, yes oh in also, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yes he, he doesn't kill the actress and and yeah Pitt belt, belts the shit out of him. I amazing I crap Rewriting. on about that film all the time I, on this podcast I, but that is I love, I love that shit you know I, I love that film. 
I love that. Just, just fuck it. Let's have different history. Yeah, you let's know? change the history. Yeah, and it was Bruce Lee the, the moment with that as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it actually did happen apparently. Oh, really? Right, yeah. actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. There you yeah. go. Not rewriting. And his ass kicked, and he wanted to put it in the movie, and then they <laughs> said it didn't happen. But he had his ass kicked. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh wow! Uh, amazing. There you go. So following, yeah, I mean, they're they're great choices and it makes sense. But following on from that, we've got another very popular segment, John, um, incredibly popular called Name That Obscure Dialogue. And what it is, is I quote something from one of the films we just discussed. It's a Tarantino film. And you have to try and guess what that dialogue is. It's normally, well, it's obscure. And I sometimes misquote it. Um, I'm a horrible actor. So the accents are always off. Um, So... I if you get this right, it's kind of like winning the lottery. It, it is so hard to to pick. It's not common dialogue. It, is, it might be an extra. It might be yeah. yeah. So anyway, good luck. <laughs> not a nerdy guy. I'm I'm shit at this sort of thing. Uh, that's okay. Don't feel bad. Here we go. All right. I'm just gonna I'm gonna give it everything. <clears throat> and away we go. Away we go. Um, is that when he starts driving the car? No. When when it starts driving the sports car really fast? No. No, no. Well, I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's out of the film we just spoke about once upon a time in Hollywood. And it's actually when Brad Pitt smokes a cigarette that's been dipped in acid, takes a dragon and goes, and away we go. I wouldn't have got that in six months. No one would have got that. It's ridiculous, John. That no one wins this game. I'm sorry. Okay. Good. Um it's a super popular segment. Definitely super popular. popular. Mainly just oh. sounds popular for <laughs> Well, I can really I just don't understand why, but yeah. No, that's that's okay, John. It's um but we're gonna discuss, and I'm excited for this film too, that you uh, chose as one of your nostalgic films to discuss, which is and we've selected Apocalypto, mm. um, the Mel Gibson film from 2006. Mm. Yes. So, yeah. What What does the film mean to you, John? And why did you choose it? I I just um, just because of the 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 wildness of that of that civilization that that's um, extraordinary, brutal, um, um, complexity of the, that 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 civilization that he created. Mm. Um, and you know, you thought the conquistadors were going to be the, 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 the that's that's who turn up at the end of the film. Yeah, you think those terrible conquistadors, what they did to those Native American South Americans, but bloody hell, you know um, that what they went through and and their their lives and and their and their brutal civilization is just um, that that just. And the way Mel captured it so extraordinarily well, yeah. um, that just blew my head off. I'm, uh, and I didn't have to hear that. I didn't have to understand the dialogue. I know it was some no. stuff, but um, I just thought it was something that um, was unique and and very interesting that he chose to say, "Well, this is what these ancient civilizations were, and how their religions." For them, drove all that um, horridness that we're getting in Iran right now. Mm. So, you know, to think that um, all that religious crap um, permeated 
that country and, and obviously it's a it's a human trait you know and then you see the the ship at the end and you think okay um they got through all that and heads rolling down and that's that incredible scene where people's heads were being chopped off and right. and, and and the extras um howling for blood and and then he he, they, he gets away from that and he looks out at the end of all that shit yeah and sees the ship <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah give me Mate. a break <laughs> and i just thought it was incredibly well crafted um i think mel um mel's a mate of mine um and because i i cast him in his first film and i've known him yeah. since 1976 when he was a mad bastard living around the corner in Bondi. yeah and i'm so bloody proud of him and i think he's extraordinary i think he's up there with um, Tarantino, Scorsese, and all those guys. He's as good a director as they are. You know, Braveheart mm. and Apocalypto and, and the Jesus movie. Yes, yeah, yeah. so he suffered. We know he suffered. Uh-huh. <laughs> 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 you whipped him enough. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he, but unlike all those um, other directors that he's, like Spielberg, Mel can also act extraordinarily. Yeah. And um, and if you don't think Mel's a good person, it's because you don't know him. Yeah. He's a good person. And yeah. all that shit is just so over the top and exaggerated. It's terrible. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, you're right. I mean, and I wish from a selfish point of view, I, I wish he'd direct more because you're mm. right. He, he smacks him out of the park when he when he does it. Well, Ridge was the last one he did, wasn't it? That's right. Yeah, we're going to do Lethal Weapon Five. Yes, that's right. They are. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. the director passed yeah, away. Yeah, so Mel, Mel is terrible anti-Semite who is holding the, a, a Jewish director's hand and promising he'll direct Lethal Weapon Five for him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, amazing. I mean, that he can direct a whole film in a, lang- a language that, as well, that is not you know not english not his first yeah. language at all like learning mayan ancient mayan you know it's just incorrect and then again you, you mentioned passion of the christ which as well you know in in aramaic yeah yeah so it's yeah. um yeah very uh, you're very talented to be able to do that so yeah and he understands australian as well yeah <laughs> which is difficult too let's be honest Probably the hardest of all <laughs> um but the, just on Apocalypto too, I mean, the film, I remember, it's actually my wife's favourite film. She loves it because we went and saw it in the cinema. It mm. doesn't stop. Cinema. It, it, it just gives you a heart attack. Like you just, it doesn't, the pacing of it's incredible. Yeah, yeah it just tears you the gut, tears your yeah. guts. And, yeah. and that panther, that panther was oh. on a, on a um, that was actually happening. That, that was on a very strong um, fishing line. Yeah, they had it like on a tether kind of thing. Yeah, on a fishing line. Yeah, and uh, that you know that it helped that you that you catch white pointers with. Yeah, <laughs> wow. And, wow. and that was real. And he, he's already gone too far then because you know bloody thing caught up with anybody. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's not acting then. If you're running, you're uh, you're running. That was yeah. he said. That was the most freaked out thing he did. He thought, oh my god, I think I've gone too far here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. For our listeners, I'll just give it a, the film a bit of a. We usually give it a quick intro as well, um, just so for the 
people, I imagine, will have seen this if they're listening to this. But um, Apocalypto, as we've mentioned, is directed by Mel Gibson. It was written by him and Fahad uh, Safinia, uh, I think is how you pronounce it. Could be wrong. Um, produced by Mel Gibson and Bruce Davey. Stars, um, yeah, mainly unknown actors. So Ruby they Young. All weren't actors. They're, Rudy, they're, no. Yes, that's true. Yes. No actors. Mm. Um, had a budget of 40 million and returned 120 million. So it did very well. Um, currently 7.8 on IMDb or 65% on Rotten Tomatoes with a 79% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, the plot, basic plot, which we kind of covered already, but um, as the Mayan Kingdom faces its decline, a young man is taken on a perilous journey to a world ruled by fear and oppression. But essentially, it's by, it, it follows the um, a, a Mayan civilization. Uh, a peaceful tribe is brutally attacked by warriors seeking slaves and human beings uh, for sacrifice for their gods. And then Jaguar Paw, um, the main actor, hides his pregnant wife and his son in a deep hole nearby uh, and then essentially has to fight for his and his family's survival. So that's just mm. a quick overview on, on it for our listeners. But mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um- just some random trivia too, John, but Mel Gibson apparently was called, so, you know, almost the, the bad guy in it keeps calling Jaguar Paw almost. Calls mm. him almost, like as he almost got him. Mm. And apparently Mel Gibson was called almost by an older boy as a child. And he found it deeply insulting, which is how he, um, why that ended up in the script, which I thought was really cool, just taking stuff from his... I didn't know that. Yeah. Hmm. Hey, hey, going almost next time I see him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where is uh is is Mel based? He's based in the US, isn't he? He's in uh, he's in LA, yeah. Yeah. In Malibu, and uh, he he'd like to come back here, but he's got seven hundred kids and four four million grandchildren, and they all live there, so he can't. He can't. Yeah. yeah. Fair um, enough. Yeah. So. But he, especially when all that horse shit was going on, um, yeah, he, yeah, he would have loved to have come back, I think. But um, but he's got family, and they they, they yeah. come back to him, you know. I understand that, and yeah, he's definitely. I mean, you forget like he's one of our prime actors. He is one of our biggest. That is, oh, is he is the biggest. Yeah, both Hemsworth's up there now too. Yeah, mm. yeah, we we got some bloody good actors. Going we do. Yeah, Hugh Jackman. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Massive. Um. And uh, yeah, I guess was there anything else you wanted to say about this film, John? That that resonated with you, or any any um, final thoughts on it? Apocalypto. Yeah. No, I did my best shot. <laughs> <laughs> nailed it. <laughs> yeah, nailed it. Um, well, Paul, did you have anything to add before? Uh, no, no. I think yeah, I think you you yeah covered it. Um, yeah, we mentioned most of the, the actors were all, all pretty much unknown um, as well. And well, probably the only thing that I thought was interesting as well was that Mel Gibson, apparently when he wrote this, um, he, he pretty much had, came up with a concept, was essentially that he wanted someone chased by a bunch of bad guys with the film ending uh, on the beach with Christopher Columbus and the crew walking in. So apparently that was pretty much what he had that idea in mind and then just worked backwards from there, I guess, and, and yeah. uh, really started exploring. Well, that's that's an interesting thing, of, and, and that's worth talking about. Um, you can write the most brilliant script in the world, but if it's not a good premise, you waste a lot of time. That's, I always look for that. I usually always look for something that's unique and that... Uh, 
hopefully a premise that hasn't been done before mm. like um like those marvel bloody films all the time <laughs> first we save new york then we save the planet and then we get rid of whatever's coming down from the sky yeah <laughs> and you know um, the boring is batshit <laughs> agree paul brooks and not so much but... <laughs> <laughs> that's all right a good they are pretty bit of a formula now that's for sure yep <laughs> you probably have a great premise i mean paul hogan with the premise of dundee you only have to have one and he got it you did, <laughs> didn't have any more after that but he, he landed on one hell of a good premise and yeah he was just so right for the role yeah that's what i mean by a really good premise yeah no, that makes sense and mel nailed it in that and he did yeah and you can see that you're right you see any great film and you can boil it down to that if you strip it all back well you tell me another film that's like apocalypto yeah that's right yeah it's very unique there isn't any no no, no spot on yeah so and speaking of nailing roles oh sorry yeah, oh yeah. no i was just gonna say we <laughs> should was probably wasn't there a question that someone was gonna ask me have you asked me that question we or... asked yeah that was the uh tarantino one so that was our listener question. Oh, that was, was yeah. that was it. Sorry, John. <laughs> I didn't pick that up. No, that's right. It was so seamless. You rolled with it yeah, so yeah. well. It didn't even matter. Yeah, I'm good like that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> killed it. Um, but th- this has been a pleasure, John. It's um, it's been awesome to have you on. Um, we should give the possession. A Possess, mate. Possess. Possess. Oh, oh, no, God, I'd have made that mistake in the last one. Yep. <laughs> it's on the run sheet. Wrong. How old yeah. are you? Uh, I don't know. Twenty-two. What did I say before? I can't remember. <laughs> the possessed. It's uh, distributed by Umbrella Entertainment. So, with a special shout out to Dead by Dawn, and is available now to purchase on VOD on all digital platforms, Blu-ray and DVD. Also, it's got to be in the collection. Yep. Get it in there. It's great. We watched it this week. Yep. Very fun. And yeah, uh, definitely recommend film. it. Yeah. Go and go and see it, everyone. Yeah, definitely worth a watch. Awesome, John Jarrett. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for joining yeah, us. Thank you. Great. No, it's been fun. Thanks very much. Beautiful Thanks for the support. No worries, John. Take care. You're right. All right. See you, mate. Bye, mate. Bye.